just inhaled. Um, a little temperature dive. Not bad, but just enough to be noticeable. Um, cooler today than it was yesterday, so I, of course, had fans and whatever running um, all night as I was sleeping, and so now I've got a cold, um, and not really a bad cold, just a, a stuffy, sniffly nose, I guess you would say. And I, you know, this coronavirus thing has brought out a lot in people. Um, I never realized how much I touched my face until I was told not to touch my face. <laughs> I think a lot of people are coming to that realization too. Um, and, and man, people are obsessed with these masks i um i have a few because when i drive for my job um well it started on monday they require us to wear a mask and um even before that the company was giving them away and um, I ordered mine, seemed like weeks ago, took a while for them to get here, and they sent me seven uh, masks, so uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I saw today at um, the grocery store, they had, uh, looked like they made the packets up themselves, you know, like they they were like a, they were in a little plastic baggie with, you know, labels on them and stuff, but they weren't like, um, you know, they didn't show, they just didn't look right. I mean, they looked okay, like you could use the mask itself, but the packaging looked really generic. So I think the store or whatever got a shipment of masks. And then packaged them up themselves. But I was at a deli counter at a grocery store and was ordering, you know, several things. And I was like, you know, my usual please and thank you self. And the woman. She was kind of younger. I, I guess I could call her a girl. A female behind the counter had her mask on, which um, in Ohio, all retail and grocery store employees are required to wear masks. Um, and so anyway, she had hers on and I, I did not, I don't typically wear this mask. I'm, you know, I'm a believer in God. I believe that, you know, um, you know, uh, he's going to take care of me. I declared victory over this virus in Jesus name. 
and I don't, I don't think I'm going to get sick. Um, furthermore, I'm a believer in your body's immune system is stronger than a, a lot of the chemicals that we use to, you know, sanitize things. I used to have a coworker that she would, when we would be setting up for uh, lunch with our clients, at, and I was working with a mentally handicapped adults, so when I say clients, I mean mentally handicapped people. And we would be, you know, cleaning off areas for them to sit down and, you know, have their lunch. And it was like a, a workshop setting. And she would put so much uh, Clorox disinfectant spray with bleach down on the tables that, like, it would look like there was a flood. And so many of us, and the clients too, would sit down at these tables after she had sprayed them and wiped the bleach off, and our clothing would get bleached. That's how much she used after she wiped it up. And it's like the the amount of bleach you're using is more dangerous than whatever germs you're trying to kill, I told her one day. And she just laughed. like, oh, if OSHA ever came in here and saw this, the way we do things, uh, you know, this and that, you know, there's specific things you're supposed to use to clean specific things and I'm just like, okay, that is true, but, you know, bleaching the living crap out of a table is not in OSHA's handbook. And, you know, everybody we know, you know, you have to watch, when you get hired at just about any job, you have to watch the occupational safety and health. I don't know whatever the other two, I don't even know if that's the right initials, but OSHA training video, you know, um, how to deal with uh, exposure to blood and other human bodily fluids that you may come in contact with at your job um, and stuff like that. But the, the greatest thing is, has always been... Um, Wearing gloves if you're dealing with something nasty, gross, bodily fluid, whether it's blood, urine, um, and then, you know, feces is not a fluid, but it's a bodily excrement. Um, you know, wear your gloves. I know how to take a pair of gloves off inside out so that my hands never touch the dirty part of the glove. Um... And that's kind of a neat little trick you can show your friends. Hey, look, this is how you take off a pair of gloves. How how'd you do that? I'm an idiot. I'm easily amused, people. Um, so, yeah, I was <laughs> ordering at the deli. And <laughs> the girl was just, like, not speaking to me. When I walked up, there was no greeting. Uh, there was, you know, I said, uh, pardon me, can I have... Uh, you know, I don't know what it was, you know, a medium container of this. And she looked at me funny, and I'm like, 
because last time I was there, you know, the person told me, well, we put them in these containers. And I said, well, when she looked at me funny, I said, well, I mean like a quarter of a pound. And she, you know, got me my quarter pound of whatever. And I was like, you know, can I have, uh, you know, some of this too? And so I was like, okay, she must want me to, you know, speak in poundage. You know, I said, can I have, you know, a quarter pound of rice pilaf? And then, I don't know, I ordered something else. And I had a salad in my cart already. And, um, and I was like, you know, please, thanks. And at one point I said, I'm sorry if I'm being a, a pest in the butt. No answer from her at all. And, I, and then, you know, finally I said, you know, Okay, that, that's all. Thank you very much. And she's like, thank you. And that was it. It's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, some people are just quiet, I reckon. But I it, I think she was pissed off because I wasn't wearing a mask, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm like, I'm just going to be frank. I don't, you know, I think my body needs to build up immunity to various viruses and, you know, I'm not bragging, but I take a lot of supplements uh, to boost my immune system. I've asked my doctor about these supplements. Um, and, you know, he said, yeah, these are, these are all good for you. These, this will help you get healthy. And, of course, and then he tells me, but you need to lose weight, which I'm doing. Um, and, and things of that nature. But, you know, people are just taking this to an extreme where they're getting pissed off at uh, people that aren't specifically, like, following the guidelines to the letter. Uh, you know, the stores have one-way aisles right now. And I, I noticed this at a grocery store I go to frequently. Now, they've actually gone to the point of where they want you to go up one aisle and down the next, they're putting signs at the end of an aisle going that say, you know, do not enter wrong way. Like, okay, giant eagle, take a chill pill, buddies. You know? Uh, so, I, I mean, you know, this social distancing is good, and, you know, I can deal with it. You know, I don't know if I, the first grocery store I was at, I don't know if I, if they had one-way aisles. If they did, I certainly didn't uh, notice the, any signage. But then the second grocery store I went to, um, I picked up a prescription. And, you know, I think I did go the wrong way up the pet food aisle because there was someone coming towards me. But you're so used to just doing things a certain way. Uh, you know, I was I wanted to get um, a couple dog bowls because it's getting summertime, and I want to put my dog out on the porch. And of course, I want her to have you know food and water while she's out there. So um, found a good deal too, by the way. Calcutta Giant Eagle stainless steel dog bowls for four ninety nine. Um, so anyway. Um, uh, to start today off 
this is pretty funny and kind of coincidental. Um, some news broke as I was getting ready, so I didn't put it on my agenda. But um, so we're going to talk a wee bit today. To, today, 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 today. I consider you, you, you. Remember that Lou Gehrig speech? Oh, oh never mind. Um, if I can see, um, my stepdad had the great quote of the day, which ties into uh, the breaking news about Joe Biden's quid pro quid pro quo. Say that five times fast. Phone call with uh, the Ukraine. And my stepdad was asking me about politics. And, you know, know, he knows that's my thing. And, you know, he watches news all day because he's old. And uh, he's, like, in his 80s. He's still, he's a nice guy. He still, you know, gets out in gardens and takes care of his own yard. And... You know, all that stuff. Uh, when something, his house needs repaired, he repairs it. Uh, a car needs repaired, he repairs it himself as, as best he can uh, with the modern cars. Um, <clears throat> but he's like, what do you think of that Joe Biden? And I'm like, ah, man, that guy's, you know, I think he's got, you know, early stage dementia and this and that. And he's like, you know... When you the media is real big on him right now, but if you've ever listened to him talk, I'm like, I haven't seen him on TV in a while, and you know, but when he he was on TV, he he was so incoherent, and my stepdad's like, he's like listening to me talk half the time. You can't, nobody can understand what the hell he's saying, and I just like started cracking up. My stepdad, Joe Biden, is like me. Half the time, nobody can understand what the hell he's saying. <laughs> so that was something funny uh, today while we were sitting on the porch talking. Um, and so tonight when I was uh, scrolling through my Facebook, I found um, somebody shared an uh, article and I'm only going to read one section of this. The phone call between uh, then Vice President Biden in November 2016 uh, was leaked. Okay. Uh, this is between the President of Ukraine and uh, VP Biden. Uh, and there's much, much more to it than what I'm about to read. But this is the quid pro quo. Congratulations on getting the new prosecutor general. I know there's a lot more to it. A lot more to that. I know there's a lot more to that. I really think that's good. It is going to be critical that he works to repair the damage of Shokin. I'm a man of my word. Now that the new prosecutor general is in place, 
we're ready to move forward with signing the $1 billion loan guarantee. And I don't know how you want to go about that. I'll leave it to you to how you want it done and where you want it done. So right there, Joe Biden says, I'm a man of my word. He evidently, you know, in previous conversations had told the uh, it's President Por let me see if I can read this Poroshenko. There's a link in the description so you can read this and listen to it for yourself. Um, you can he told Poroshenko uh, somewhere in the past if you get rid of this prosecutor. We will give you a $1 billion loan. That's quid pro quo, sweetie. So I'll leave that hang out there. I don't know where this is going to go. <clears throat> Odds are nowhere. Um, the media probably won't report on it. I don't know. I mean, they might have to. I mean, right? They couldn't get couldn't get Trump with Russia, so then they tried to jump to this quid pro quo uh, with Ukraine, and it's important to note. Okay, it's proven fact that you know uh, Proshenko of Ukraine did not like um, Shokin, the attorney. Prosecutor General, which is their equivalent of Attorney General. Uh, so the President of Ukraine didn't like the Prosecutor General. And Shokin was also investigating dealings with Biden's son and a Ukrainian oil company, uh, oil and gas or gas and oil company, where Biden's kid was making 50 grand a month for a job he was not qualified for. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things. So, we'll see how goes that. Um, and uh, I'm going to end this segment on the podcast and get ready for the- So, I uh, found a, an interesting article, and I'm going to link it in the description on YouTube. Um, from the New York Times, I don't have a date on this, it's an article by Mike Baker, and the headline is, FDA halts coronavirus testing program backed by Bill Gates. Uh, location Seattle, Washington, and article says an innovative testing program in the Seattle area promoted by billionaire Bill Gates and local public health officials as a way of conducting wider surveillance on the invisible spread of the virus has been ordered by the federal government to stop its work pending additional reviews. The program involved sending home test kits 
to both healthy and sick people in hope of conducting widespread monitoring that could help communities safely reopen from lockdowns. <coughs> My thing, um, when they're tr- tracking spread and lockdown reopening and stuff like this, um, Are we going to see, say for example, you get this home test kit, uh, one member of your family tests positive, does this mean the whole clan is locked down for two weeks because they've been exposed? Well, now... You're quarantining somebody, bodies, with one sick person, or potentially sick person. The person could be asymptomatic, they could have the virus and never get sick. Um, The people could... Um, they could be locked in. And if you're locked in with someone that's sick or has the virus and could spread it, you're one more likely to get it because you're all breathing the same air um, and touching the same surfaces. Are they going to pull that one person from the house and put them in a quarantine location? You know, what are they going to do with this data as they gather it? Um, let's go back to the article. Um, so, they were notified, the group doing the testing was notified this week that it now needs approval directly from the federal government, officials with the Food and Drug Administration. <clears throat> There's a doctor named Eric Topol, Dr. Eric Topol, director of Scripps Research Translation Institute, who is not involved in the Seattle group, said it had emerged as a leading as leading lights in the whole COVID-19 crisis. He said it was bizarre that the FDA would halt such a project. Gates, Microsoft co-founder, who has committed much of his wealth to public health issues, has backed the Seattle study. He said in a blog post Tuesday that the program can detect cases and help guide public health responses. Well, we don't know what those public health responses are going to be. I just talked to you about, you know, the way Ohio is reopening, and they did a soft reopen where bars and restaurants could have outside dining, and when they found out 
much like the infamous uh, pre-St. Patrick's Day partying on a Saturday night in Ohio, Ohio is, Governor DeWine said, we're marshalling in all the resources and using law enforcement as well as uh, officials from public health departments and other agencies to go out and inspect bars and restaurants for the few that want to overcrowd or put too many people into the bar or restaurant. And bars and restaurants already have a ton of regulations they have to follow. <clears throat> now they have to follow more regulations. Um, back to the article. The issue in the Seattle case appears to be that the test results are being used not only by researchers for surveillance of the virus, but virus in the community, but also being returned to the patients to inform them. I don't see a problem with returning the information to the patients. Two, the two kinds of testing, this is where the FDA gets involved. The two kinds of testing, surveillance and diagnostic, fall under different FDA standards. So, I think what that means is when you return the results to the patient, it's a diagnostic test. You're telling someone they've been diagnosed, and that has a different set of standards than uh, a surveillance test where you're watching a community for uh, viral spread. <clears throat> We had previously understood that scan testing was being conducted as a surveillance study, the spokesperson said. So up to this point, the researchers said that they were doing this as, um, what the hell did they say? Uh, <clears throat> The FDA, well, yeah, uh, understood that it was a surveillance test, not a diagnostic test, okay? Uh, they probably don't want people, you know, being told they have an illness and then going into a panic or something. Also, there's just a different set of regulations on diagnostic tests, and these are test, home test kits are administered by the individual themselves. They're not administered by a doctor who would normally do a diagnostic test. Um, this, you know, whole coronavirus and the standards and things uh, that people have to follow have been screwy from the beginning so uh, back to the article a Harvard Global Health Institute report last week that the United States needed to be conducting 
at least 900,000 tests a day. All right. That's like really freaking hard. And what what do we do in the meantime while we're trying to get 900,000 Americans tested daily? Um, and some people are going to refuse the test. They're going to say, I don't feel sick. And up to this point, everyone in the government, everyone in the science community, has, doctors and whatnot, when I say science, <clears throat> have said, don't come in to the doctor's office unless you feel sick. They've even said, call ahead or go online for an online consultation before you come to your doctor's office. Um, so the article goes on to say, uh, do, this Dr. Topol said the country probably needed to do up to a million tests a day. Home testing is really the only way we can get that massive testing in the United States, he said. And, you know, I don't have any issue with the home testing, uh, this is where I take issue. It's the surveillance side of it and how they're going to use those results. Um, you know, again, when, you know, testing and things were done uh, in China and other countries, um, they would, you know, say, okay... You know, dad in the family has COVID-19, or back then they were calling it the Wuhan virus. I'll rip this article up and throw it in my little garbage bag for no reason. Just, that's what I do. Um, you know, in China they did, you know, okay, dad has coronavirus. He's going to be taken from the home and put in an isolation quarantine area. Uh, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, other countries like South Korea doxed or uh, published their uh, citizens who had coronavirus. So are we going to do those type of things in the United States? Uh, I would strongly believe that this surveillance and whatnot that Bill Gates is pushing is a push for his um, invisible tattoo, as he calls it. Uh, it's an ink, some type of ink, supposedly, that goes under your skin, which we all know tattoos go, they go under your skin, but they're visible from the you know top, right? The needle goes into your skin, but the whole point of the tattoo is it's visible. Well, this is an invisible ink tattoo that Bill Gates wants everybody in the world to have. And you would, uh, I, I won't say you, in, not individuals, not individuals, you. But the government or maybe the grocery store or wherever 
would be able to read that invisible tattoo and find out if you had had your vaccines. Uh, whether the tattoo would pick up the vaccine from your bloodstream and you know detect it in your bloodstream, whether the tattoo would uh, be you know scanned by a doctor and information would be put into this invisible ink. <clears throat> if you look, if you Google search it, you can find this invisible ink tattoo, uh, vaccine tattoo, Bill Gates tattoo, whatever, however you want to search it in Google. And it looks like a microchip that's going to be under your skin. Um, and I don't, don't know if, I've never heard of an invisible tattoo before. But, you know, that's the, the way that they're billing it. And they're billing it as so, a way that you can be tracked and traced. And everyone, not everyone, but the government and whoever else, doctors, would know that you had your vaccines. Would we get to a point where... <clears throat> You're walking into Walmart, or I won't say Walmart, forget I said that. Don't sue me, Waltons. Um, you're walking into a store, and they there's a pandemic, like COVID-19, right? And you walk in, and this tattoo can be scanned by a sensor at the door. Just like the alarm that goes off when uh, you try to walk out of the store with something that has a anti-theft tag on it. Except as you're walking in, the alarm goes off <clears throat> and they say, hey, you haven't had your vaccine, so therefore you can't come in the store. You're going to make our customers and employees sick. Is that what we're coming to in America? Uh, well, he wants to do it in with the whole world. Is that what the world is coming to? Uh, I don't want to live in that world. Uh, you would have to fight me kicking and screaming. I've gone down this rabbit hole before on podcasts and videos where, you know, my dog has a, a microchip in her. And I... Once the free trial period was over, I didn't, you know, go any further with it. But the microchip could fit in the inside of an average needle. And when they, when I adopted my dog, the lady pinched up the, the skin on the back of her neck, stuck the needle in, boom, shot pulled it out like in a split second dog didn't even feel it and now i can go to a website put my information in pay uh, a monthly or annual fee and if my dog gets lost i can track her by satellite wherever she is now Tell me, at birth, if the doctor told you 
and they'll probably make this a government program or a program funded by dear, sweet, charitable Bill Gates. That we're going to microchip your kid. And you know what? We can even microchip you if you'd like us to. But we're going to put this shot. We're, we're just going to give them a shot. We're not even going to call it a microchip. We're going to give them a shot. And for the rest of your child's life, you'll be able to, you'll know within a few meters their exact location on the face of the earth. Why, if your child was ever kidnapped or lost at the park, wouldn't you want to know within a, a one meter square radius where your child was? And parents would light up, yeah, yeah, that's great. Now they can tell with that shot, that invisible tattoo, that microchip, if you've had your vaccines. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I get vaccinated. I got vaccinated in 1977, 76, whenever I was born. Uh, you know, I update my vaccinations. I went on a trip uh, a few years, well, a lot of years ago. Uh, and I had to get, you know, a tuberculosis test. When I've had many of those and always passed. I'm, I'm tuberculosis free. Um, but I had to get, uh, tetanus shots and other vaccine updates, right? Uh, and, you know, I, I believe they protect you from viruses and bacterias and, uh, you know, all those things, even aliens, you know, they can vaccinate you from UFOs, right? So the aliens don't probe your anus. Bet you didn't know that because I'm lying. <laughs> but, you know, this, this is what it's coming to. You know, this is how they're going to get the tracking for you. And then eventually, you know, oh, you can you can put all your bank account information. Well, you don't need a wallet anymore. You don't need that currency that folds and jingles. We'll just put it on your that. You remember that shot they gave you? Yeah, we'll just add that information into the shot or we'll just put that information in your tattoo. So now when you go to the store, you can swipe your hand or your arm or your asshole, wherever they put the tattoo, and you can just walk right through the grocery line. Scary shit, guys. I wouldn't want, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry at the FBI, CIA, United Nations, World Health Organization, uh, Donald Trump, anybody knowing my exact location on the face of the earth at any given time, my bank account information, my rabies update, you know, any of this stuff. So, food for thought. I report, you decide. When I come back, I found an interesting article on Ye Titanic. Uh, for those of you on YouTube, you get an extra like 30 seconds of me sitting here smoking. For those of you on the podcast, there'll be a, another segment coming up. Next part, I gotta relight my stogie. So on the uh, podcast, you're gonna hear a moment of silence. You know what, damn it. Let's have a moment of silence uh, for Shad Gaspard. He's a WWE wrestler who 
uh, is lost at sea. Uh, he was saving the life of his 10-year-old son in a riptide current. And he gave his son over to the lifeguard and said, Save my son. And as the lifeguard was getting ready to go back out and rescue Shad, um, a, a wave, a six-foot wave, took Shad under the water, and he hasn't been seen since. So, Shad, this stogie's for you. So, I've always been a, a Titanic buff, I guess you would say. Um, I remember when I was in elementary school, they had the first successful voyage down in the depths of the ocean to see the Titanic. Uh, and they were able to locate it, you know, based on its last known coordinates. And they, you know, had, you know, special submarines that didn't exist before, uh, the 1980s. Uh, and I remember, you know, I, I'd heard about it and I watched some movies about it on television. Uh, not the Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, who's hot movie. Um, and Leonardo DiCaprio is hot too. No, I'm just kidding. Eh, not bad. So anyway, um, that was the movie that launched, um, Leo and, uh, was a blockbuster. But no, I saw other movies, uh, some of which were in black and white back in the olden day, um, about the Titanic and, and the special effects were horrible. I think they were shot in somebody's bathtub with a, a model Titanic or something. But, uh, you know, I remember um, in elementary school, we would always have like a day when we would go to the elementary school library and we could pick out, you know, any book to read off the shelf and I would get obsessed with you know certain books and you know just read them over and over again for weeks and I was kind of a slow reader too because I daydream and get distracted um, back then because I like I would I would lose myself in, in the book I, I would put myself you know, on the Titanic, or I would put myself in the research vessel, and I would daydream about being there, and then, you know, it take me like a month to read, you know, like a five-page article, because I would always be, you know, drifting off into my own imagination, um, but I kept getting this one uh, National Geographic book, out or I guess maybe it was a magazine technically whatever but you know looking at the pictures uh like go you know the ghostly like images of this sunken ship and like you know the the plates and things that you know fell out of the ship 
you know, there'd be like wreckage fields and there would, there would just be empty space. And then you'd see like, you know, one random uh, dish or plate. Uh, and there, there's like a famous picture of a pair of shoes and the body and clothes. I don't know if the sh would shoes float to the bottom of the ocean if there wasn't a body in them. Well, I mean, it was assumed that the body disintegrated over time, uh, but the, the boots, you know, were just laying there, you know, and they were pointed outward like the, the heel of the boot, like the heels of my hand right now were facing inward and they were, you know, a foot apart maybe. Like, you know, somebody, you know, just drifted down to the ocean floor and over time, you know, they went away or fishes ate them or something. They didn't say that in National Geographic. That just popped into my head. Um, but anyways, you know, there's just this perfect pair of shoes just lying there on the ocean floor. Like they landed that night in, you know, 1918. Um, so today I was scrolling around and saw an article it said, you know, they were going to cut into the Titanic for the first time uh, since it sank. Um, well, the first time ever. And I was like, wow, what? why would they do that? So, the headline from the Washington Post reads, Explorers allowed to take Titanic's Marconi Telegraph. Marconi uh, was like a brand name back then, probably. Uh, let me read the, the headline without stopping. Explorers allowed to take Titanic's Marconi Telegraph, cutting into the wreck for the first time. And then it shows, you know, there's a picture of the Titanic, and uh, there's an arrow pointing to like the bridge of the ship and you know part of the ship is uh slumped off at where it bent as it broke in half uh, but this is pointing to uh the telegraph operator's room and this was remember 1918 this was before you had um you know well telephones were around uh, but you didn't have them on ships. There was no cell phones, no satellite phones, obviously no internet, blah, blah, blah. Um, for the first time in 108 years since the Titanic sank to the bottom of the ocean, causing the deaths of 1,500 people, explorers are set to cut into the ship and remove a piece you know, that's, that's historic because this has been treated like sacred ground for a long time because people uh, died. You know, this was, there are people still in that ship. You know, this is the final resting place of, you know, some 1,500 people. Um, the target is the wireless Mike Marconi telegraph, one of the first of its kind which the doomed ocean liner used to contact nearby ships for aid. A federal judge in Virginia approved the expedition Monday, 
calling it a unique opportunity to recover an artifact that will contribute to the legacy left by the indelible loss of the Titanic. Because of a backlog of personal messages, the wireless operators had ignored ice warnings from other ships. Banal good wishes soon gave way to increasingly desperate calls for help. Operator Jack Phillips died after refusing to leave his flooded post. He was a brave man, his fellow wireless operator told the New York Times a few days later. I will never live to forget the work of Phillips for that last awful 15 minutes. The company RMS Titanic must get a funding plan approved by the court to pro a prospect made more complicated by the COVID-19 pandemic. It plans to launch the expedition this summer using underwater robots to carefully detach the Marconi and its components from the ship. If recovered, it's conceivable that it could be restored to operatable condition, uh, they said in one filing. Titanic's radio, Titanic's voice could once again be heard now and forever. So I'll, I'll link that down in the description um, and you can read the rest of the article. I, um, this, this piece of equipment, you know, it does not have, I was thinking earlier, maybe now we could see or, you know, what uh, messages were being sent out that were more important than the incoming ice warnings. Um, but I, this, then again, I, it just hit me. These, these, this equipment did not have a memory system. I mean, this is 1918. So, um, was it 1918? 1912. Oh, sorry. I kept saying 18, 1912, uh, 108 years ago. Um, I was wondering why that math didn't add up in my head when I kept saying 18, and this is 2020. 108 years did not add up. Uh, anyhow, so sorry. Yeah, 1912 technology didn't come with, you know, computer chips and memory disks and memory cards or, uh, you know, those things. Um, so, you know, but it, it would be, you know, neat... And I'm sure they're out there somewhere, you know, some, you know, telegraph operator on the other end, I'm sure had those, you know, notes to, you know, family members back in Europe and to, you know, family members or friends that were here in the United States uh, that the telegraph operator was sending out, uh, you know, from the passengers on the Titanic to their uh, friends and family. And that was a big deal at that time. That was like, you know, as big as cell phones are now, you know, the latest cell technology where, you know, we can, 
I mean, we're kind of used to it now, but, you know, we, we can talk to anybody anywhere in the world on FaceTime or, uh, you know, Google Hangouts or whatever. Um, and this Mar Marconi Telegraph was, you know, the FaceTime of its day. To be able to send a message from a ship to land and somebody on land interpret it and, you know, pass the message to someone else, you know, probably on a handwritten or typed piece of paper, um, you know, was just all the rage back then, I'm sure. It was the big fancy whoop-de-doo. So um, that's going to be pretty cool to follow that story and see if they can uh, get this out of the wreckage. You know, Titanic is, you know, falling apart, collapsing on itself. Just, I mean, it's under, you know, what? I, I can't even fathom how much water it's underneath. And it's amazing it's stood up this long. Um, and, you know, with the damage it sustained, it floated uh, a lot longer than any other ship would have. And when it broke in half, um, you know, it, it lasted a lot, a lot, lot longer than what people thought it would. Um, now looking back, like I said, I'm, I'm a big Titanic buff and the latest TV shows on history channel or whatever, I I'll stop and watch and I'll make it a point to watch it, uh, live you know, not DVR or recorded or whatever. Um, I do have some Titanic stuff I recorded from TV on DVD, uh, but I don't have a DVD player that can play those type of DVDs now. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it's just something fascinating. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if these robots can safely cut in <coughs> to the ship uh, without da further damaging it and causing, you know, something to collapse, perhaps. And then to be able to remove this piece of equipment. I don't know if it's, you know, bolted into the ship's hull. Is it bolted down to a desk? I mean, try to imagine, if you ever tried to uh, unbolt a rusty nut and bolt, I mean, that's difficult doing it you know, umpteen thousands of miles, or not, not thousands of miles, but many leagues under the sea, even with a, a robot, uh, and the robot technology we have, it, it's still going to be a task, and it'll be interesting to see if there's a follow-up article on this. Um, I had a encounter today with... Trump derangement syndrome. First time I've ever had this. And I don't know if it's the first time. But uh, I, I really got some backlash. So in the next uh, segment, or for those of you on YouTube, next up, that's what I'm going to talk about. Pretty off-the-cuff stuff. But yesterday... Uh, Trump announced in some press conference uh, it, or some meeting, he was having a meeting 
and they were televising it, and I think it turned into a press conference. Um, there was, whatever. Uh, he announced that he had been taking hydroxychloroquine as a preventive to the coronavirus because people uh, keep, you know, razzing him, media, not as in humanoids in general, uh, you know, razz him. Why don't you wear the mask? Why don't you wear the mask? And he's like, look, I get tested for coronavirus daily. Uh, I don't have it. I don't have it today. I don't have it yesterday. Uh, you know, I may have it tomorrow, but, you know, that I'm tested every day. And so someone in the, the press said, uh, I didn't see the question, but I saw, I read Trump's response. And basically the question was, do you take or would you take hydroxychloroquine? And Trump said, yes, I take hydroxychloroquine. The reason I didn't tell you before was because you didn't ask me. And so this started, you know, controversy. And I have yet to really master Instagram. Um, I I liked it, it. I liked it Instagram's uh, format because it was it's kind of melodrama free. Unlike Facebook, it's just pictures. Well, I saw this you know article, and you know if you tapped on the picture, it linked you to the article. And so I was like, man, that's, you know, Trump, you know, says that, you know, many studies have shown that, you know, hydroxychloroquine is, uh, you know, safe. If you have, you know, if you have the virus, it helps shorten the, the length of the virus. And it also um, helps prevent the virus. And he said that he had been told by doctors and nurses that they take uh, hydroxychloroquine as preventative to getting the virus. And this has all been documented. I've read it in many places. Uh, there have been studies. Now, the, the key to the curing of coronavirus with hydroxychloroquine is the Z-Pak azithromycin and uh, uh, zinc. Zinc is known for breaking up viruses. Uh, it's the new vitamin C, I call it. Uh, and I take, oh, I can't say that on YouTube, it'll take it down. But um, this is what has been studied. And uh, they sent a huge amount of hydroxychloroquine to New York when it was being the it still is the hardest hit area for coronavirus and after the lady in Arizona killed her husband with fishbowl cleaner because it said hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine on the label which by the way the the woman whose husband died of drinking fishbowl cleaner, it turned out she didn't like her husband very much. I don't know why she didn't just get a divorce. but uh, And she was also a Trump hater. Uh, 
but <coughs> the media had her out there going, we, we watch every Donald Trump press conference and we do everything he says. And when he said hydroxychloroquine cures the virus and prevents it and we, we drank that hydroxychloroquine. Well, no, they drank fishbowl cleaner. And it had a lot of other ingredients and things in it aside from hydroxychloroquine. Uh, but, you know, the media has never redact, retracted that story. So anyways, uh, Trump admits that he takes the hydroxychloroquine. I send this, I share it, I, I know how to share things on Instagram in in uh, private message. So I share it with like, I don't know, 20 or 30 people that are for some reason the only 20 or 30 people I can instant message on Instagram. And the derangement syndrome kicked the shiznit in. And I had to explain to my cousin... Uh, and she's half African-American and hates Donald Trump. And I explained it to her. I wasn't trying to promote Trump. I was trying to, you know, spread good news about, you know, this potential cure to the virus, you know. And the way I worded my message was probably a little confusing to people. But all they had to see was that picture of Donald Trump, they know I'm a Republican, a conservative, and people started snapping. And, you know, a, a nurse friend of mine said, you should never take medicine that you don't know all the, the side effects of. And I had to explain to her, I don't take hydroxychloroquine. I do not take it. I was just spreading the message that the medicine evidently works. Trump consulted with the White House doctors and they prescribed it to him. He said in his article, I'm loosely paraphrasing, but he said, you know, he asked the White House physician about hydroxychloroquine and the physician said, you know, would you like to take it? And Trump said, yeah, yes. And so the doctor prescribed it to him. That's all I was saying. Then a friend of mine who is a very successful woman, she's a child epidemiologist, uh, and she went off on me. And you said that, you know, this, this is selfish she thought I was saying that I take hydroxychloroquine as well as Donald Trump because I said, hey, if it's good enough for boss, it's good enough for me. And sometimes I call Donald Trump boss or the boss. Um, I said, and I, and she said, you know, there are lupus patients and there's a lupus, a lupus medication shortage. Well, how the hell am I supposed to know that? You know, that's never been reported in the news. Trump's been talking about hydroxychloroquine as a potential cure, and doctors were pleading the, the case for hydroxychloroquine way before Trump was. 
Okay, a doctor in South France who I thought was a quack said that, you know, he did a study because France was one of the first and hardest hit countries. Uh, he did a study of over a thousand of his patients and like all but six of them were cured of coronavirus by taking hydroxychloroquine. And there have been other studies. Now, the most effective way that studies showed to you know, cure uh, coronavirus is with hydroxychloroquine and Z-Pack and zinc. Uh, and celebrities that hate Trump were on you know their uh, Instagram and Twitter feeds, pray saying, "Oh man, I got coronavirus, and man, I thought I was gonna die. Oh my God, it was the worst pain I ever felt, and I was so scared." And then the doctor gave me hydroxychloroquine, and within a few hours, I started feeling better. We got to get this hydroxychloroquine out there. This was before Trump started singing the praises of it. But all people had to see in my instant message was the picture of Trump and me saying, the boss says it's good enough, so it's good enough for me. And they went apeshit. They didn't read the whole message. And these were people that knew me. People that knew me. That's how bad Trump derangement syndrome is. And this last girl, the child epidemi epidemiologist, um, she was like, you know, th that's selfish. There's a shortage of lupus and people are of lupus medications and people with lupus are suffering and keep your politics on your own page. Thanks, exclamation point. And man, I felt like I had posted on or commented on so many of her posts. And this is the dangers of social media. One, this girl used to have a, a hot a crush on me in high school. And we still, you know, I'll see her at the store and she'll you know, start acting all flirty with me. It's rare that we see each other because we're not near with one another. She's off 60, 70 miles away doing her thing and I'm doing my thing. But, you know, uh, when she's not off being a rich epidemiologist, child epidemiologist, I looked at her Facebook profile before I reported her for hate speech and uh, different things and blocked her. I know, real mature. But I was hurt because she knows me and she knows how kind I've been to her and how encouraging I've been to her and how I've thanked her countless times on social media for doing good things on the front lines and how many times I've told her, hey, stay safe. God bless you. You're doing a wonderful service to the world. But all she had to see was that picture of Donald Trump and me saying something nice about Trump. And the whole point of my message was, hey, look, if the White House doctors are going to prescribe it to the president, it they're not going to prescribe him something that one, doesn't work, and two, is bad for him. They're just not going to do it. 
the Secret Service and the White House doctors and them have a lot of control over presidents. Yeah, they have to bow down and take a second, uh, you know, do what the president says at some point. But this wouldn't have been one of those points. This would have been a point where the doctor would have said, you know, th this hydroxychloroquine isn't what you think it is. Let's just, you know, relax and, you know, we'll give you a, a big dosage of zinc or something. Or, you know, give you, you know, uh, a vitamin IV if you, you want to boost your immune system. Why would the White House doctors prescribe the president something that could potentially be bad for him? They wouldn't. Why would they prescribe it if it didn't work as a preventative medicine? Why was I reading articles that before Trump got into the hydroxychloroquine business or the business of promoting it, uh, he makes no money from it. But why was I reading articles about these doctors and nurses taking it as preventative medicine if it didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, this, this virus has people very upset and on edge. And most people I was able to calm down. But this one, the last girl that was so smart and used to, at least I thought she used to make goo-goo eyes at me, um... You know, she was younger. She was too young for me back then. But, you know, uh, I mean, I, I felt like laying into her. Hey, look, I see you posting when you're in town. You're hanging out with your old high school friends. And um, there's a picture of you dance. Try, I think she was trying to do the electric slide. I don't know. She's constantly trying to fit in and be cool like the other kids because she was the ugly duckling of their little group. And now she's like model beautiful. And I thought she was cute back then. She was just too young for me. But, you know, I have I on her Facebook and Instagram, she posted a picture of herself dancing, looking over at a known drug dealer in a bar in our hometown. And I'm just thinking... You know, my friend, before he passed away, said, quote, oh yeah, all, this bar's been shut down and that bar won't let them in. So they're all going to this bar and all those girls that like the drug dealer guys are going up there and hanging out with them. And it's like, <coughs> these women, they're not girls anymore. They're in their like 40s. 40 years old are, yay, let's hang out with the cool drug dealers. What? You know, uh, I mean, yeah, and then you're going to rip me a new asshole over posting, you know, a, a picture of Trump uh, that links to an article saying that a medication works and it works for the president, and the White House doctors believe that it works? I mean, come on, people. How tr how far down that Trump derangement syndrome bunny hole are you idiots to talk, to get pissed off at a friend and a relative 
because you see them send you a message with a picture of Trump in it and saying, hey, this this must really work. You know, the 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 article mentions <clears throat> the surveys or studies that say hydroxychloroquine with other treatments works, you know, and sorry to say it, but, you know, Dr. Fauci's treatment, it, that he, his Rezenavid is two grand a pop, hydroxychloroquine is 60 cents. Let me say that again without the cigar. The Rezenavid, which the government's going to pay for everybody's Rezenavid treatment. Trump already said it. The government's going to pay for people to get treatment, and nobody's ever going to see a bill for coronavirus treatment. How the heck they're going to pull that off, I have no idea. But that's what was said at, at one of the relief package stimulus bill press conferences. Rezenavid is two grand a treatment. Hydroxychloroquine is 60 cents. You do the math, guys. But that wasn't the point. The point is... People are willing to lash out at good friends. And I'm a good friend to everybody I meet until you cross me. And once you're on my S list, S stands for shit, you're never off of it. You better be able to walk on water and perform miracles if you want off my shit list. Uh, but I will be your best friend until the day you die if you treat me good. And I'll treat you good from the day I meet you. And this breaks my heart that people will sit there and go ballistic on somebody who's their friend and over a picture of Donald Trump because they're so, they, I, I hate Donald Trump. Well, why do you hate him? Well, just because he's, he, he, you don't even know why. Half the time, they don't even know why they hate Donald Trump. Or they'll say something like, well, he's so mean. Oh, really? Calling me selfish for because you assumed for some reason that somehow I have a stockpile of hydroxychloroquine in my World War III bunker in my basement next to my Twinkies and my bottled water? Uh, you, you think that I'm hoarding and taking handfuls of hydroxychloroquine because I posted a picture of Trump and you didn't take time to read it and think, oh, this is my friend that says kind things to me and is always kind to me. Uh, you know, uh, the, the stupidity of liberals blows my mind. Somebody with multiple college degrees... Uh, and that wasn't just one person. There were other people that, you know, have been through the medical field and um, they weren't saying hydroxychloroquine is bad. They were just, well, the one girl, the nurse did say, you know, don't take a drug unless you know the side effects. 
I would never take anything a doctor has not prescribed to me as far as that goes, unless it's over the counter. And even then I'll take it to my physician and say, you know, hey, can I, I, I bought this at Walmart before I break the safety seal and start popping them. Can I take these? And if he said, he's always said yes, because they're, you know, proven vitamins and herbs that, you know, help with, you know, diabetes or, um, well, I can take basically any herb that doesn't raise my blood pressure or boost my metabolism, um, because that raises your blood pressure, you know, but, you know, I take like ginkgo biloba for health, not COVID-19, but, you know, for overall health, you know, garlic, uh, zinc, vitamin B, you know, all the, the, the good, the stuff that your body needs because, you know, I don't necessarily eat a great diet. I try, I like to cook, but it's hard to, you know, read and find out, you know, what vitamins and minerals and whatever are in each and every food you take or food that you eat when you can just take a supplement and be like, okay, you know, I've got my fish oil for my joints and my heart. Uh, I've got my, you know, ginger and zinc and stuff for my immune system. I got my ginkgo biloba for my brain because gosh knows I need help in that department. So, but this, you know, this is what Trump derangement syndrome is. People are willing to hurt their friends uh, over a picture or a post that's, you know, positive about Donald Trump. I saw somebody else on Facebook post a generic general post about how she hates politics and she won't delete you as a friend, but she will unfollow you if you post about politics. And it's like, hey, look, politics are my career. They're my hobby. I try to tone it back because when it's my friends online, I, I'm preaching to the choir. Their minds are already made up one way or another. And if their mind isn't made up, they know to reach out to me directly just because they know me. But, you know, for somebody to just rip you a new asshole and assume that you're posting something as a political thing when, no, it's like I thought I was, you know, sharing information and bringing positivity to a, a, a panic pandemic. Uh, you know, hey, look, this, this must be good. This is good stuff. Oh, well, that's my Trump derangement syndrome story and rant. God bless you guys. Until next time, stay safe, America. Wear your mask if you feel it's necessary. Um, pray, 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 pray. And keep social distancing and pray. And, you know, follow the guidelines of the government they're gonna they've gotten power over us and they're not gonna relinquish it easily and pray and stay home if you're a weakened immune system person uh, 
and pray and be safe. God bless you guys. Have a good night. I love you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>